Welcome to the weekly podcast of Valley Church. I pray that this message will fill you with the hope of the gospel and will help you follow Jesus today. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, visit valleychurchwv.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. We are in the series called The Way. We're going through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And, uh, and so let's just uh, take some time and just ask God to speak to us through his word. Father, thank you that uh, you are here in our midst. Lord, that uh, we can uh, just, just worship you, God, as we go to your word. God, we pray that uh, the words of, of, our, of your scripture would just impact our church today. And God, that we would learn to be men and women that uh, live by the truth. Lord, you are the truth, and your word is truth. And so, Lord, we pray that, uh, Lord, as we come to it this morning, you would just uh, change us, Lord, and by your spirit, open up our hearts. Lord, thank you that you're here with us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, hey, if you got your Bibles, turn over to Matthew chapter 5. That's where we're going to end up today. Man, um, can I just recognize we've been through a couple really difficult weeks uh, through, through the teaching of Scripture. Um, as, uh, as, you, as you probably imagined as we began this uh, sermon series, I, I told you that you might be offended. Um, you might be confused at times by the words of Jesus. But all in all, what we know is if we go all the way back to the beginning of his message in, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 5, um, starting in verse 3, Jesus says, Blessed are the poor spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so if you've been offended, if you feel like cut down, if you feel like, oh man, I, 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 I've sinned, uh, that's exactly where Jesus wants you to find yourself because you need to come to the place where you recognize, man, I need Jesus. I need his grace. I'm not perfect. I can't get there, there to heaven by myself. I need his, his mercy. I need his grace. And like a spiritual beggar, I'm calling out to you, Jesus. Jesus, uh, he, he began this, this message, um, he, he obviously gave us the blessing that kind of seemed upside down. Um, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are, are the merciful, um, blessed are the pure in heart. These things that, that uh, we consider to be kind of upside down and backward, backwards values of the kingdom uh, of, of, uh, of the kingdom of heaven because they're not values of, of our earth. Um, and when, when we read them, we think, man, that's, that's a little weird. I don't know if I want that kind of blessing, especially that last one that he, he had given, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. And we're like, I, I don't know if the, I want that kind of blessing. And, and what we have to just remind ourselves with as we read through Jesus's sermon is that uh, the values of the kingdom of heaven are not usually the values of the kingdom of this, of this world. Um, being a Christian and following Jesus is, is often countercultural. And so when we find ourselves being in a place that, that we're standing up for things that, that are against the values of this world, um, we're being persecuted for righteousness sake, for following Jesus, for, for living by the truth of Scripture, what we need to remember is that we are blessed when we do so. And uh, we have, we have uh, then gone through this section where Jesus, he, he talked about uh, how, um, how he's not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. 
Um, and so, so meaning, meaning that uh, if, if you look back in the Old Testament, uh, even specifically at Exodus chapter 20, um, where we see the Ten Commandments, if you read through those commandments, you'll, you'll recognize, yeah, God has a high standard. And as we look at those commandments, we, we actually see the heart of God for us. Our tendency is to want to self-justify and say, oh, I, I can keep those things. And what Jesus is saying is, man, no, you can't. But I've not come to abolish them. I've come to fulfill them. And uh, that through me and through my righteousness, you can have the kingdom of heaven. And so he's talked about anger, saying, man, um, uh, you know, the, the law said don't murder. But if you've been angry with your brother, you've committed murder in your heart. My death on the cross has, has been given to you to, to substitute for, for where you failed. You can have my righteousness. He's, he's talked about lust. He said, don't commit adultery. But if you've lusted in your heart, you've, commit, you've committed adultery in your heart. We've all wronged God in that way. We've wronged others in that way, okay? He goes on. Last week, he talked about divorce. He says, you've heard it said, you know, um, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. Maybe you've been, maybe you've been divorced before, and, and I just want you to know, God's heart is that a marriage between one woman, uh, between a man and a woman lasts for a lifetime, and if, if that's something that you failed at, there is grace from Jesus in that. And I, I just want to thank Brian uh, for his sensitivity last week. Uh, just in that that topic, just just preaching the gospel and uh, and giving us hope in an area where oftentimes it brings up the deepest pains that we have gone through. But so so we've we've covered those three topics already. We've co- to- covered anger. We've talked about lust. We've talked about divorce. And now Jesus is going to bring us to a subject that that I think we can all identify with and and recognize we, we struggle with. Um, he's going to talk about our words. And uh, honesty, specifically, um, I, I titled this this message of vows and and vengeance. And uh, we actually will only cover the section on vows today, and I'll, I'll talk about vengeance next week because I, I hope to get a little bit further. If uh, if if you want to give me another hour, we can we can go into vengeance, but I'll, I'll save it um, because uh, you know there's there's a lot here uh, in verses 33 through 37. And as, as Jesus talks about oaths, I just want to read this passage, and then we're, we're going to discuss it and apply it into, into our lives, okay? Does that sound good? So, um, Matthew chapter 5, and we're, we'll start at verse 33, okay? Matthew 5, start at verse 33. Jesus is continuing his teaching, and he says, again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply Yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. All right, well, as we get into this topic, um, let's just focus in on verse 1, okay? What Jesus is referring back to is he's saying, you've heard it said. 
And this, is, this has been the pattern. There's six times that Jesus says this. You have heard it said. But then I say to you, you have heard it said. This is what the law communicated. This is, this is the letter of the law. But I say to you, here is God's heart for you. Just recognize whenever Jesus is saying this, he wants us to know God's heart. And his heart is a heart of love for you. It's a heart that wants the best for you. It's a heart that, that tells, us, tells us what the kingdom of heaven is. And his heart is that we be people that are honest with our words, that speak the truth. That's the basic of his, basics of his teaching on this. But he, he goes back, and I just want to reference it. He says, you've heard it said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. What he's talking about is an oath, taking an oath, taking a vow. Um, what is an oath? What is a vow? Um, it's, it's basically this, to give a solemn pledge to indicate that you are telling the truth. And oftentimes when, when you're giving it, you're, you're giving it to add weight to your words by adding an authority that is higher than your own. So some examples of this, I would say, has anybody ever said, cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye, right? Or you might say this, even if your mother has not died, I swear on my mother's grave, okay? Some people will say, I swear on a stack of Bibles, right? Or, um, or anyone did this, fingers crossed, right? Anyone did that? I, I remember as a kid, making, making a, a promise to someone and to be like, fingers crossed. And behind, you know, maybe, maybe inside your shoe, you're like, you're like crossing one of your toes. Okay. That, that's a type of oath. But, but when you crossed your fingers, what did that mean? You didn't have to do it. Okay. And, and so, so that's a very similar thing that was going on in Jesus day. They were, they were making all these oaths, but, but basically saying, oh, fingers crossed. Okay. Um, there's also people that, that will commonly in their language say, say something like this. Oh, I swear to God. I swear to God. Okay? Now, let's take this back to what Jesus is talking about. Because he's referencing Scripture. And he, he's referencing that um, actually in Scripture, um, we were told to, to make oaths to the Lord. But when we make an oath to the Lord that we should not fail to keep our word. And so if you're going to bring God into this oath, you better keep your word. And it was a way that, that God was saying, I want you to be people of the truth. So let me just bring you back. Um, we're going to just do a little bit of walking through the scripture here. The first passage is um, Exodus. I'm going to run quick. Okay, so, so forgive me. Um, Exodus chapter 20, part 10 commandments, um, verse 15. This is where Jesus, or sorry, where, where the law was given by God to, to the people of Israel. And one of the commandments was this. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not bear false witness. You should be people that speak the truth, okay? If you jump over to Leviticus chapter 19. Um, again, what Jesus is saying here in his passage um, in Matthew was, a, was basically a summary of all, of all of the teaching of the Old Testament. Matthew 19, starting verse 11, says, You shall not steal. You shall not deal falsely. You shall not lie to one another. You shall not swear by my name falsely. Okay, there's a pretty close, close summary of what Jesus said. And so profane the name of your God. 
I am the Lord. That's Leviticus 19, 11. Um, keep on going to Numbers chapter 30, um, starting in verse 2. It says, if a man vows a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by a pledge, he shall not break his word. Okay, that sounds pretty good. Um, and then uh, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 21. I'm going fast. You don't even have to turn there. I'll just read it. It says, if you make a vow to the Lord, your God, you should not delay in fulfilling it. For the Lord your God will surely require it of you, and you will be guilty of sin. Okay, go back to the book of Matthew. So there's the teaching of the scripture concerning oaths. And uh, there's actually a, a number of times throughout scripture that, that oaths were given and, and taken. Um, you, you see, uh, there, there, was, there was times that uh, Abraham made, made oaths to the Lord. Um, you know, there, there's other characters in Scripture that had done this. And oftentimes, they evoked the name of the Lord when they were saying, I'm going to do this. I, I'm, I'm a person of my word. And they swore by the name of the Lord. Okay? There's also situations today where, where we would also swear an oath. And we're going to see Jesus teaching on this and whether or not we should take those oaths as well. Um, think about this, like, uh, like your marriage vows. If you've been married, you probably stood up in front of, uh, you know, a bunch of family and friends, um, and, and you said, I vow and I promise to God and to you as my spouse that I will, that I will um, be your lawfully wedded husband in joy, in sorrow, in sickness, and in health, um, in plenty and in want, till death do us part. Maybe you stood up before the Lord and before others and, and vowed that kind of vow. That's a very common vow. Um, and and we'll, we'll get down to it um, at the end of my message to understand if Jesus wants us to actually do that. Um, I know there's a young man um, that's going to be going into the Navy pretty soon. He's going to make a, uh, you're going to call it a vow, right? It's a vow. Um, to, that you're going to, and there's obviously specific wording for this, but that you're going to serve in, in our nation's armed forces, and you make a vow toward that. I think police officers also also make a vow to, to serve and to protect. Um, there, there's vows that we take in that way. Um, there's even uh, when, uh, when you become a member here at the church, uh, part, of, part of coming into church membership is that you make an agreement with what we call our church covenant. And it's just a statement that says this is, this is how we vow to live with one another um, according to the word of God, how we're going to treat each other. And, um, and that, that is something that, that we often do, do here, here corporately as a church. Um, there, there's many other, other ways that, that we make vows to one another. Even just recently, I'll, I'll even say, um, maybe we didn't call it a vow. We called it a commitment. Um, but with our For the Valley campaign, many of you filled out a pledge card. You said, I'm going to commit to um, giving toward this project. We're going to work together for the upbuilding of the church uh, to get this project done. And here's what I commit to give over the next um, six months toward the church. Now, each of these vows, if we evoke the name of the Lord, especially what, what God is saying in Scripture is, is uh, you better be faithful to commit to it because um, when you give a vow, you're, you're bringing my authority into that. And that's a big deal. The God who says, 
I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. It says, if you bring my name into that vow, you better be faithful to commit to, the, to doing that. And that's serious stuff. And that's what Jesus was referencing. He says, if you make a vow, do not swear falsely. You shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. You shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. Okay, that was the letter of the law, okay? The purpose of, of a vow was, was to prop up someone's words, to do it with someone's, someone's authority that's higher than your own. But, but here's the problem back then, and I believe the problem even today that we get into, and, and I, I, I hope this re- just, just kind of reveals our hearts, is that we are all deep down, we're sinners, and prone to lying, prone, prone to protecting ourselves, prone to deceiving. Um, you know, what, 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 is, what is a lie? Um, probably, probably a good question to address. A lie is basically withholding information, giving half-truths, exaggerating, slandering, misrepresenting what someone said or did, we can lie by commission, which means we, we do it on purpose. It's outward, it's, it's expressed. Or we can lie by omission, by even withholding the truth. Just, just giving a partial truth that would deceive someone to, to thinking something that is, that is wrong. And oftentimes the reason why we lie is, is that we want to we wanna protect ourselves. We want, to, we want to cover up something bad that we've done. Um, maybe, maybe fulfilling our commitment is going to be uncomfortable for us. Maybe, um, maybe we just, just have a conflict that came up, and maybe we said we'd be somewhere at a certain time. We said we'd do something, but now our plans have changed, and we want to back out on that because it's inconvenient. That's something that, that often happens in our lives, right? And these are ways that, that we break our words, our vows. Well, the problem with oaths that they had back then was, was basically this. They took the scripture, they took the letter of the law, what Jesus said, what the Lord had said, and they concluded based upon it that the only, only oaths that were made to the Lord were the ones that were binding. Everything else was breakable. That's what they said. This is what the religious leader said. Okay, And so if, if you read Leviticus 19, verse 12, which said, You shall not swear falsely by my name. What they would have said is, is you can swear by anything else, but if you use the name of the Lord, you can't break that promise. And so they would swear by heaven, swear by the sun. They'd swear by the stars. They'd swear by, by the earth. They'd swear by, by the temple. Um, they, they, would, they would swear by their head. They'd swear by their body. They'd swear by their mom, you know, their dad. And they'd bring different people, different authorities into it that they said, oh, it's not binding. That's not binding unless you made that vow to the Lord. Unless you made that vow to the Lord. Actually, what Jesus did later on in the book of Matthew was there was a, another conversation in Matthew chapter 23 he, um, he addressed this again with them, and it kind of explains the words that follow. He said in Matthew chapter 23, verse, um, starting verse 16, he said, Woe to you, blind guides, who say, if anyone swears by the temple, it's nothing. 
You can swear by the temple. It's nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold in the temple, he is bound to his oath. You blind fools, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that made the gold sacred? And you say, if anyone swears by the altar, it is, ah, it's nothing. But if anyone swears by the gift that is on the altar, he's bound by his oath. You blind men, for which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? So whoever swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it. And whoever swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And whoever swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits on it. There Jesus is explaining, you make all these caveats. You're trying, trying to figure out all these loopholes to get around from telling the truth, but I'm telling you, everything, whether you swear by heaven or on earth, by, by the temple or by your own head, by your own hair, it's all sacred. It is all sacred. There is no division in God's eyes between sacred and secular. Think about that in relation to, to just your everyday life. Sometimes we, could, we come into a church and we're like, oh, this is, this is, sacred. This is a sacred space, okay? But we get out in the parking lot and get to our own homes and, you know, go to our workplaces. And we're like, ah, that's, not, that's not sacred space. Everything is sacred. Everything is sacred. The point that Jesus makes is it's all mine. I created all of it. And so as Jesus goes on and he, he talks about the problem with, with their oath-taking and oath-breaking, what he says, and I'm just going to keep on reading in, in Matthew, keep on reading to verse 40, 34, I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. You know, there's a, even supporting scripture that goes with each of those statements. So I'm just going to roll through them. You don't have to turn there. But in the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 24, verse 1, says that the earth so, sorry, 24 verse 1, that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, the world and all who dwell in it. The earth is the Lord's. What about heaven? Psalm chapter 48 verses 1 and 2. Oh, sorry. Move back. Working with this microphone today. 24 verse 1. 24 verse 1. Uh, oh, I missed heaven. <laughs> I got it backwards. Sorry, guys. All right. If you go back to heaven, it's actually Psalm 19. Psalm 19 says that the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim his handiwork. Heaven, the heavens are the Lord's. The sky, the moon, the sun, the, the universe, the galaxies, it all declares the glory of God. It's sacred. Okay, we read the passage on earth, Psalm 24, verse 1. And then as we go to, over to Psalm 48, verses 1 and 2, he talks about Jerusalem. He says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. His holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, is the joy of all the earth. Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king. He says, don't swear by Jerusalem for it's, it's mine. 
It's my city. And then if we go over all the way to Luke chapter 12, Jesus says, Why even the hairs on your head are numbered. God looks at your head, and you may not have a lot of hair, (laughs) but he says, I know it all, and it's all mine. It's all mine. What do we learn from that? Again, everything is sacred. Everything is sacred. And so whether we swear by, by heaven or by earth or by um, our city or by our head, by our own self, it's all God's. And so everything that we say is binding. God holds us to a very high standard, and it's the standard of truth. And Jesus himself, he says, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. And when we lie, what do we do? We destroy the image of God that he has created within us. And that's something we all need to recognize is that each of us has been created in the image of our almighty God. We're created to to be those that that speak the truth, that bear the truth, that live by the truth. And um, when we lie, we become like our enemy, the devil, who what we know about about the devil is that uh, he is the father of lies. And when we lie, we are the most like him. We are. If you think about the first sin that, that Adam and Eve uh, committed in, in the Garden of Eden, what was it? Well, first of all, it began with deception, right? A lie. Satan came to Eve and said, said uh, you shall not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of this fruit, your eyes will be opened. What did he do? He deceived, giving them a half-truth. Yes, their eyes were going to be opened, but no, they were going to die. Maybe not immediately, but death would enter into the world. And when Adam and Eve took of that fruit and they ate of it, what was, what was their response back to God when God came looking, looking for them in the garden? I'm naked. They were ashamed, and they hid, and that's what we want to do whenever we lie. We want to cover it up. We want to hide the truth. And when confronted, what did Adam do? He said, it was the woman. And the woman said, it's the serpent, right? When if Adam would have just been telling the truth, he was like, yeah, I just wanted to take a bite. I just wanted to do it just to see what would happen. I did it in defiance. I wasn't deceived. Eve was. That's what scripture says. And so, so, so the fall actually began with, with a big lie. And aren't we a product of that ever since, haven't we? And so as, as we look at ourselves, as we looked at the purpose and, and the problems of, um, of oath-taking and oath-making, let, let's just let's go down to the principles that I, I think we can learn from this, okay? And we'll, we'll bring this to a close. The principles that Jesus taught are these. Matthew 5.34, he says, Do not take an oath at all. You see that statement there? Do not take an oath at all. It's a pretty strict statement, right? There are some that would take that statement to say, um, no one should ever make any oaths at all, ever, okay? And may- maybe, maybe you've been taught that. Um, there are actually some uh, denominations that will actually teach that um, you are not to even put yourself under oath. Um, there are some scenarios like we talked about before, 
marriage, marriage covenant, a, a wedding vow, um, maybe a church covenant, uh, a, a, a vow for the military. Um, there's even, uh, say, if you were to be called as a witness in the court of law, they would often take your hand, place it on the Bible, and they say, do you swear to tell the whole truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you, God. And, uh, and you make a vow in that way. The scripture teaching that you should never take a vow like that. Let's just get practical. Does it teach that? Upon maybe the first, you know, response that we'd have, we'd be like, yeah, I, I don't know if we should do that anymore. But um, really the question is, is did Jesus ever do it? And uh, what we actually find in scripture is that Jesus, at a point in scripture, um, specifically Matthew chapter 26, he himself was placed under oath. Did you know that? And he didn't reject it. Actually, um, the day of, of his trial before Caiaphas and the council, it says in Matthew chapter 26 that Jesus was, he'd remained silent in front of the high priest, and the high priest said to him, I, char- I charge you under oath by the living God, Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said to him, you have said so. So in other words, is it wrong as a Christian to be placed under oath? Obviously, from Jesus' account right here, I'd say no. Um, He wasn't swearing. He couldn't swear by an authority higher than himself, um, obviously. But... um, but man, when we see from the witness of Scripture here, it, it is not wrong. It's not wrong to make a marriage vow. It's not wrong to, to be put under oath. Um, but, but three things that, that I, I just want to th- share with you that I think we can learn from this passage is, is this. Number one, um, that we don't, we don't try and use something or someone else to try and prop up the truthfulness of our words. Don't use something or someone else to try and prop up the truthfulness of our words. Think about how Jesus explained it. He said, he said and this is very simple, let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything else, anything more than this comes from evil. In your daily lives, as you go about your business, as you, as you, as you, you know, are, are in your family with your kids, um, you know, you're, you're going throughout your school day, wherever you might find yourself, don't be like the Jews that were like just constantly making oaths by heaven or by earth and saying, I swear, I swear, I swear, I swear. You don't need to swear. And, and I'll tell you this, you don't also need to tell people that you're a man of your own word or you're a man of integrity, okay? Because I'll, I'll just tell you, if I hear someone say that, then I question whether or not they're going to tell me the truth or they're going to do me right. You probably had that same experience. Just let your character show that you follow through with your word. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't use something or someone else to prop up the truthfulness of your words because anytime you do that, especially if you're doing it with the name of God saying, I swear to God, I swear to God, What you're doing is you're bringing the character of God into that. And if you're not true to your word, what you're telling others is that God cannot be trusted. And that's the heart, I think, of what Jesus is talking about. God can be trusted. He is the truth. 
His word is truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And if we want people to come to faith in him, we want people to believe that he is true to his word, which he is. And so, so don't diminish the image of God in you by being false to the truth and by swearing falsely in his name. You're misrepresenting Jesus if you do that. So don't use something or someone else to prop up the truthfulness of your words. Number two, I'd say just keep it simple. Keep it simple. If it's ever in question, just let your yes be yes and your no be no, and then follow through. And, and I will say that there are times when, um, when things happen in life that you're going to have to go back on something that you said. But if you, if you, have, to, if you have to do that, Make sure you're being truthful with the person that you made a commitment to. Say if it's your calendar and, and you committed to be somewhere at a certain time. You know, if, if you're not able to do it, don't just call them and, and lie to them about why you can't be there. Tell them the truth. Tell them, hey, um, you know, I, I, uh, I have this other family thing that came up. or you know. But more than that, what I would encourage you to do we're always, we're always kind of holding out, not, not being committed to things because we, we fear that something better is going to come up. Why don't you just commit to something? And if something better comes up, stay true to your commitment. Seriously. Because, uh, you know, there, there's been many times where we've put something on the calendar and we've committed to something. Something better came up, but we said, no, this was first. And we said to, yes to this first, and we're going to be truthful about this. We're going to remain committed. I'd encourage you to, to, to talk about that as, as a family and, and to, to make a decision that that's how you are going to act. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Keep it simple, okay? Um, and then lastly, number three, and I think I already touched on this, is just remember, you were created to reflect the God in whose image you were made. And when you are people of the truth, you reflect him well. Now, as we get to the end here, obviously some of the purpose of Jesus' teaching is to just reveal that we're spiritual beggars. We are all liars and cheats. And man, we've all wronged God in this way, haven't we? If we're honest with ourselves. And that's what I would encourage you to to do is um, honesty actually begins in your own heart. Being honest with yourself first is, is the place that, that, that I think you need to start. And so as we close this message, as we seek the one who is the way and the truth and the life, let's just, um, let's just spend a moment in silence. And I want you to just think about those situations in life where maybe you are living a lie. Maybe you've been deceiving someone. Maybe you've been um, doing something in the dark that uh, you've been covering up, and uh, there's going to be consequences if you bring it into the light. Would you just commit right now and ask God, God, um, tell me what it means for me to bring, a, bring this into the light and to be a person of the truth, helping to not dwell in darkness anymore. Let's just pray right now. Spend a moment in silence and just ask, ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What does this mean for me to walk in obedience right now? I'm just going to give you this moment.
Lord Jesus, thank you that you did not come to abolish the law, but Lord, you came to fulfill it. And Lord, in those places that we've been dishonest, in those places when we've failed, Lord, we know that your grace is sufficient to forgive and restore. When we come to you and confess our sins, Lord, you say you're faithful and you're just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so my prayer for our church family, for each one right now, is that uh, they just turn to you in faith, Lord Jesus. They confess you as Savior and Lord. And God, that they, they would just, uh, just depend on your gospel, Lord, to live each day with truth and with honesty before, that they, before those that they are around. And God, that by our truthfulness, Lord, our valley would see that, Lord, you are the way and the truth and the life. And we love you, Lord Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Valley Church. If you are impacted by today's teaching or made a decision to follow Jesus, we would love to hear from you, pray for you, and walk with you. To connect with us, visit valleychurchwv.com. There you will find resources on following Jesus and information about how to partner with us here at Valley Church as we seek, serve, and send disciples of Christ.